we all get stuck in what we should do or what we should have done. The word should can inspire us and it can inhibit us. It can get us moving and it can hold us back. Why is it so hard to move past complacency and get inspired to build the fulfilling future that we want? You are listening to Should Theory. Let's talk it out. Stories, interviews, and more to inform and inspire you towards building the future that you want. Get motivated, figure out how you want to shift, and then get your shift together. I'm Tara Grebe. Let's do this with the Should Theory. everybody and welcome to Should Theory. I am Tara Green and I have a really cool episode here for you today. After a few technical difficulties paused our opportunity to talk, I finally have Leanne Brennan on Should Theory with me today. Leanne started her journey as a character artist for video games and I'll let her tell which ones because I'm sure it's one that everybody knows. Um, but she is going to talk to us today about her journey like others that we talked to who are doing something that seems really cool, but they know they have something else that they're supposed to be doing or that they're called to do. And she's going to talk to us about her journey today. So Leanne, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure. I'm so glad that you're here. So Leanne, why don't you start by telling uh, the listeners a little bit about the place that you were in, maybe tell them about your job a little bit that you did have beginning, because I'm sure there are going to be people that say, that seems really cool. Why would you want to change from that? Um, And talk a little bit about how you were feeling and how you knew you needed to do something else. Yeah, definitely. So um, I went to art, art school for animation and my first big career out of school was working at a video game company. Um, called Harmonix. It's in uh, Massachusetts. And we were working on very popular games like Guitar Hero and Rock Band. I was a character artist there. And I was there for about two years. Um, I was really into it in the beginning because, you know, it was my first job out of school. And, you know, it was a really cool job. And I was doing something creative and, um, you know, using my skills and learning all this stuff about how to work in multidisciplinary teams, which is also very cool. Um, but, you know, the I would get through the day and I loved my coworkers, but at the end of the day, all the people would go in one room and play Battlefield or Call of Duty. <laughs> and I didn't even know what those games were. I was not a gamer myself. So I just felt really out of place, even though I really loved all the people that I worked with. I was kind of this odd duck who didn't play video games outside of work. So I was like, okay, it's six o'clock. I'm going to go home now, (laughs) you know. Have Um, fun storming the castle. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, Yeah, they would be there, you know, late into the night playing. They had their headsets on, like playing this game. And um, it just... After a while, you know, the the honeymoon phase of being there and having everything be new really wore off. And I started to question myself, thinking, you know, is this really what I want? And I was up for a a promotion, like they wanted to have me, you know, move up in the ranks, getting closer to that, like art director status. And I was just imagining my life and where this was going to go and looking up to the people who were in the highest levels, you know, the creative directors and 
um, the designers and stuff. And I was like, is this really the the top of the game that I want to be at? Like, do I want, if I had the best job here, you know, if I rose to the top of the ladder, would I be happy? And the answer was no. And um, I knew it was time to go. It was about two years in and I knew I had to leave. So um, I put my notice in. It was the first time I quit a job where it wasn't like working at a restaurant or right. you know a cafe. So it was a like big a deal. A job versus a career. Right, right. right. I was super nervous. Um, mm-hmm. But I put my notice in and I left that job. And then I actually went to work on a farm <laughs> for a couple of awesome. months to get away from the computer and kind of reset. I love that. You know, it's funny that you say um, that that part of your conversation was yourself with yourself was, you know, I'm in this position. And if I had the best job here, would I be happy? I think that's a position that a lot of us, myself included, find yourselves in where you're in a, a career and there's a trajectory. And so many of us are trained that you just keep moving up the ladder and keep going for what's best mm-hmm. or top because you've completed the journey or you've made it. You yeah. know, there's some sort of a, um, I don't know, belief that getting the top rung is the best place to be. Um, you know, the, the best view comes from the toughest climb. But I think that all too often we want it because in our brain it's the best or the top. But then once you get it, what are you really going to do with it? And are you going to be happy? Yeah. And it's so funny how many times people realize that the answer is no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So from there, I I kind of reset and I thought to myself, okay, why did I get into animation in the first place? Mm-hmm. And I originally went to college for illustration, but when I happened upon animation in a like a 101 animation class I fell in love with it because I said wow you know this is storytelling you know this is something that an image can't do I can make it move I can you know have sound and I was I fell in love with the communication aspect of it so right I switched gears to motion design so I created um I started working on an innovation consultancy where I was creating a lot of explainer videos. Mm -hmm. And so that was, you know, kind of flexing a new muscle. And I was really into that, you know, working with all these big companies who are trying to figure out the future. So we're working on these really cool ideas that weren't even, you know, a thing yet that could possibly happen in 10 Mm -hmm. years or so and creating these videos to kind of explain to um, the the big teams of these companies, you know, what the future could be like. So that was really cool and attractive. And the same exact thing happened where I was like, <laughs> you know, after a couple of years, it kind of fizzled Fizzle again. Down. And I mm-hmm. said, why am I not happy? And it, it really came down to the fact that I wasn't creating any personal artwork for myself. Okay. Um, and that's really what I came to. And so once I realized I had to leave that job um, at the innovation consultancy, that's around the time that I had my daughter. Mm-hmm. So huge change of life shift. Sure. <laughs> now I have a little baby and I'm going to work at this, you know, innovation consultancy, making these videos that I've kind of lost the love for and mm-hmm. you know putting my daughter in daycare and i'm like why am i even doing this if i don't even like this job anymore 
So I ended up quitting that job and um, decided to be a stay-at-home mom for a little Mm -hmm. while. And um, that was something that, again, it was like, oh, I should be so happy. I'm home with my daughter and, you know, everyone around me is saying, oh, you're so lucky you get to stay home. And here I am sitting there just completely lost because Mm. my entire identity from the time I was old enough to know like what good grades were was tied to succeeding in school or work. And my identity was tied to look at me. I have this fancy job. Look at me. I have this title. Look at me. I make this art. And I would go to the playground, you know, with my two-year-old or (laughs) however old she was then. And people would say, what do you do? And I would just look at them and say, "Uh, you know, I stay home with my daughter. And I would like stumble. Like I used to be, uh, you know, I would tell the story of who I used to be. And I didn't have an answer for like who I was anymore. Right. And that really shook me. And I went through a couple of years of feeling really depressed and lost and just trying to figure out what the next steps were for me. Right. That's, that's a tough feeling. And, you know, it's funny because um, things that fulfill them or, or give them purpose. I know I see people who, um, you know, stick in a, a position long beyond their retirement eligibility because they define themselves as whatever the position is. Mm-hmm. And I think so similar to what you were saying, where uh, let me tell you what I used to be. Right. Um, exactly. You know, people who who either can't bring themselves to retire or have recently retired mm-hmm. and they're no longer a fill in the blank. You know, I'm not a right. doctor anymore or something. You know, well, what do you do? Uh, and, and they have to say, well, I was a, right. Yeah. And how we define ourselves by our roles. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's when I started getting into the personal development work. So I started listening to all of these podcasts and audiobooks and just like filling my head with all of this new stuff that I'd never been into before. And, um, you know, People like um, Eckhart Tolle, I was reading like The Power of Now and how he's talking about separating your thinking mind and your emotional body and your self is neither of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, That really, really woke me up. And I looked at myself and said, wow, you know, I have this ego that's attached to this identity of my working self. And that's not who I am. Like, who am I? You know, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, another book, The Untethered Soul goes to that, you know, where they they distill it down. You know, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? As you strip away all these layers, you know, as you start to describe yourself, it's like, no, that's not who you are. Um, But the biggest thing that that got me as I was listening to all this stuff was um, this one podcast um, the On Being podcast. I was listening to Elizabeth Gilbert, mm-hmm. and sh- they were talking about passion. I think the episode is called "Curiosity Over Fear," and she was saying how we fetishize passion. Like passion yes. has become this this fetish in our culture, where it's like, "What's your passion? Follow your passion. You should know your passion. You'd be happy if you were doing your passion." Right. But it's it puts so much pressure on us. And a lot of us 
don't know what our passion is or have lost our passion or are in a new phase of life and are shifting and need to rediscover our passion. And when I heard her talk about that, she said, instead of passion, why don't we talk about curiosity and following your curiosity? And that's what started the gears turning for me. Um, And she said, you know, curiosity, it's more gentle. It's like a tap on the shoulder. Right. And, you know, if you turn your head like a little bit to the left and you follow that little breadcrumb trail and, you know, you start to discover things. And she said, even if it doesn't work out, you know, isn't that a life worth living where you followed your curiosity, you know, and she says a lot of people are just standing around waiting for this big sign from God, like this is Mm -hmm. your passion. Right. But it doesn't work that way. It's, it's a lot more subtle. And when I heard that, that kind of gave me permission to say, okay, well, what am I curious about? That sounds less intimidating. I love that. And you know, it's funny. I spoke to someone on the podcast, um, on a different episode and he said, uh, he called himself a multi-potentialite. Oh, and I love, I love that word so much. Uh, it's Bill Soroka, just to give him credit. And um, I love that he used that word because it, it lends itself exactly to what you're saying, mm-hmm. which is, you know, if you have to have this passion, it feels like you have to eat, sleep, and breathe it. You know, but if you have curiosities, you can take something that you have a curiosity about and really turn it into something special for you at the time that it serves you. Mm-hmm. But then you might have multiple curiosities or you your curiosities may shift. Certainly things that I dreamt of doing at the age of 20 are very different than what I dream of doing now. And I think that's true for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So once you had these realizations... Okay, I'm going to put this into practice and I'm going to create a different path for myself. Uh, did you have any obstacles or, um, I don't know, hesitations or what path did you start to choose once you said, okay, this makes sense to me to be curious. Here's how I'm going to approach it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was desperate to start creating personal artwork because I knew that's the direction I wanted to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kept coming up with these big, overwhelming projects that were too big. You know, I was like, oh, I'll make a short animation and I'll apply to a film festival. And it's like, okay, you're, you've got a, you know, two-year-old at home. When are you going to make an animation? <laughs> you know, it's too <laughs> right. Big. It's too much. So I needed to start smaller. So actually, the I did start freelancing again. So that kind of got me back in the groove of making art. And mm-hmm. um, during the time from my, when my daughter was about one to, you know, how old she is now, I actually built a pretty successful freelance career that was, you know, I was making more money than I was at my full-time job. Mm-hmm. And that was another like, oh, I should be happy. I work from home. I take care of my daughter, you know. But the money is I, good, right? Yeah. yeah. But again, it wasn't personal artwork. So what I did was um, one October, I think my daughter was three. I, I um, experimented with doing the Inktober challenge. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know it. A lot of creatives do it. It's um, a 30-day challenge in October where there's a prompt every day and you just mm-hmm. do a drawing a day. And so I gave myself that challenge to do the drawing a day and finish it and post it. And I made all these rules about like the style and the color palette. 
And after 30 days, I saw this cohesive body of work because I picked like one character. I I picked the same colors for each drawing. Mm -hmm. And I felt so proud of myself when I saw that group. It was like the first time I had seen a series of work. And because I was following these prompts and because I had to churn it out so quickly, it's like you didn't have time to think about it. You know, you just right. had to do it and get it out of you. And before I knew it, I had made 30 personal drawings that I really loved and people were responding to. You know, I was posting them on Instagram and it kind of got that love affair back with creating art for myself and feeling that thrill of just like, yeah, you know, I can do this, you know? So that was the first thing that, that kind of started dipping my toes back in the water. I really like, um, you know, a a lot of times when you see these 30 day challenges um, in different venues, sometimes they can look like a sales pitch Mm -hmm. and you might shy away from them, right? Because you're like, oh, great, just try this for 30 days. And right at the end of the 30 days, you're going to lure me in to do something else. But I think Mm -hmm. The flip side or the other view of that is that sometimes if you, you know, going back to what you said, you had this vision, I'm going to make a short animation. Next thing you know, I'm going to be in Sundance, (laughs) you know, with my, with my movie, Um, you know, that's a huge vision and it's great to have it, but you, you need to scale back for small steps to begin with. And so sometimes a 30 day challenge like that um, really helps chunk it down into manageable pieces, number Mm -hmm. one. The other thing I like about it that you said, and I've seen success with it in in some of them, is that um, you're writing for prompts, because I think that's the mm-hmm. other place where people get stuck, is if you had just said, I need to do some personal artwork, now you have to sit there and try to brainstorm, well, what do I want to draw? Yep. Well, there's five things I want to draw. Which one do I want to draw? And what do I want to do with it? And so you end up stalling, I guess, for lack of a better word, because mm-hmm. you're spending so much time maybe even overthinking you know, what to draw. And when you have some sort of a prompt and a focus and a vision, you know, like you said, before you knew it, you had 30 individual pieces of artwork, which you probably wouldn't have done 30 in such a short period of time without that structure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I needed that. I needed that framework to work with. I love that. So you start, you, so I'm hearing the transformation starting to happen. So you're you have your 30 uh, drawings and I'm get, starting to get excited as I'm talking now because I've seen your drawings and I think they're really cool. <laughs> so t- tell a little bit about, um, I guess, the what was the vibe of your drawings or the theme of your drawings now and how you turned it into that next step of where you are now. If you're anything like me, you listen to podcasts like this one because you know you want something more from life and you feel like you need to make a change. Maybe you don't have the confidence to give it a go, or maybe you don't even know where to start. I can help you. Go to www.taragreve.com and let's work together so I can help you discover what your shift is, uncover your inner badass, and get your shift together. You can also find me at Should Theory with Tara Grebe on Facebook, where you can join a community of like-minded people looking to help each other out. Let's figure out what your shift is and get your shift together today. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. So after that Inktober exercise, I actually stopped making personal artwork for like two years. Actually, I just focused on the freelance work. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got was trying to get pregnant with my second son mm-hmm. that I decided to stop freelance work altogether mm-hmm. and dive like down the rabbit hole of this personal development work of this mm-hmm. all of this this um, reading and I did all these workshops by Lacey Phillips of To okay. Be Magnetic. I read Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. So I'm like absorbing all of this stuff. And eventually it dawned on me because I knew I, because I was doing this work, I started getting clues as to, you know, it's time to start making personal artwork again. Mm -hmm. And then the question came up, okay, last time I had the Inktober challenge, but what am I making artwork about this time? Right. And originally, I thought it was going to be about the um, microbiome, gut health, Mm -hmm. because I was really Mm -hmm. into that at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But as I started making the work, it slowly revealed itself that it was all about mindset and manifestation. So that's what I'm doing now. Um, I made all these rules for myself to create just black and white drawings, Mm -hmm. to keep it one character. Um, and to pick a theme. So I started a 100-day challenge for myself is actually how I started creating this body of work. I said, you know, I don't know what I'm going to make. I don't know where it's going to go. But I bet if I make a 100 of these, mm-hmm. the work will inform me as to what I'm doing here. Okay. You know? So I knew I wanted to start a business. I knew I wanted it to be with my personal artwork, but I had mm-hmm. no idea what that looked like. But right. I just knew, and I think because of that Inktober challenge, I just knew, like, if I make a hundred drawings, I just know by the end of it, I'll know what I'm doing. So so now I'm making these whimsical, kind of um, very simple, but deep drawings about mindset and manifestation and... Um, I'm I'm sharing them with the world and people are really connecting with them. So I I love that. And like I said, I cannot wait for people to see it. Let me ask you this question. A hundred days feels like a big obligation. So I guess you, you created your own structure because you said you, you put it out there for yourself. So did you give yourself, you know, 25 of the days need to be about this or was it just whatever flowed out of you in those hundred days? No, actually, I started. um, So one of the books I read was Julia Cameron's The Artist Way. Mm -hmm. And she has this exercise where you do morning pages, journaling in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that. And as I was journaling, I would start sketching these little drawings next to my journal. And I started kind of developing this trust muscle that I I just knew every morning I would wake up and kind of like channel this image of like, okay, what does the world need to see today? And it would really be like five minutes of just like zoning out in the morning with my coffee while my son, you know, I now have a new baby. He's like, you know, crawling all over me in the, (laughs) in the living room. And I'm like trying to channel this, this image. And I would just trust that it would come every day. So I didn't have a set um, idea. I just had a theme, but I wanted to do a hundred days because I knew 30 days wouldn't be enough. 
And I knew 60 days wouldn't be enough. And I really wanted it to become an automatic habit. I was going to say, did you build a place for yourself in there for, I'm going to call it forgiveness, but like, I have a cold today or, you know, we have a birthday party today. I'm not going to be able to draw. Or were you dedicated every single day? I was so committed. I, because part of it was really getting through those early baby stages with my son. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I started the hundred days when he was six months old. Okay. And it was almost like this feeling of accomplishment throughout the day that I just needed because that feeling of just like changing diapers and, you know, not sleeping and nursing all day, it just, it wears on me. I know some people love that, but for me, Mm -hmm. I needed that other thing. And Mm -hmm. having that rule of like, I have to finish this drawing every single day. I just got me through that phase of baby stage where some people think that it was actually crazy that I did that, but Mm -hmm. I needed to do it. I needed to do it. I was like obsessive about it. And listen, there are people that my daughter knew it. Everyone knew it in the house. Yeah. People that they have to go to the gym every day or, you know, whatever it is. So I'm glad that that absolutely worked. Yeah, exactly. That is great that you did that. So you got your hundred drawings and tell me about how Epic Bones was born then. (laughs) Yeah. So it was, you know, around, I don't even know. I think I had about 30 drawings or so when I started to build my website and I started to play around with getting prints made of the work. And I actually got some of the drawings printed on journals Um, and I just slowly around, yeah, like the 30 day drawing mark started building this shop, started building this website Mm -hmm. and, um, I actually had a business back in the day called Epic Bones where I was selling jewelry. Mm -hmm. So I just like stole that name again Mm -hmm. and repurposed it for this. Um, yeah. And I, I just started sharing it with the world and it's slowly building and transforming. Now I'm doing coaching and starting programs um, kind of based on my 100 day challenge that I did for myself. So many people were commenting on it that I realized, Oh my gosh, I bet people want to do this. So for the next hundred day challenge, I invited other people to join me Um. And we started June 1st and I got 140 people to join me in this round. We're on day 28 right now. Um, It ends December 8th. Yeah, it's so cool. And people are, they're not doing art. People are doing, you know, journaling, exercising, meditating. Whatever works for them. um, Yeah, it's it's really cool. So um, that's been a really interesting moment for me to realize that I have more to offer than creating, you know, my illustration. Right. So that's been I, a nice evolution. I love too that that it's not just for artists. It can be for whatever someone needs to have that structure for the 100 days. And then the accountability of knowing that there's, what did you say, 119 other people <laughs> that are that are doing yeah, it and checking yeah. in every day. That's fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's holding each other mm-hmm. accountable. So that boils me down to then now that you're at this place and you've, you've created this thing that you're finding fulfilling and you get to do your personal artwork and you look back 
Um, what would you say was the biggest, I always call it the biggest should uh, to go with the podcast, but what would you say was the biggest should that rang in your ears that was negative all those years ago back, you know, back at the video game company or even at the uh, innovation um, consultancy where you were going, you should, whatever it was, what was that negative thing that was maybe making you stay put? Yeah. Um, it really was, I should, I should feel happy and I should feel lucky. Mm. Um, and I should stay in my lane was another one. I hear that one so many times. Yeah. Um, Gosh, I hear that so many times. I, uh, you know, as I say all the time, I'm in education um, still, and that is probably my biggest should is I should be happy. I should be satisfied. So mm-hmm. I totally understand that. Um, yeah. So then what would you say was your most positive should that pushed you in the other direction? Oh, um, I should... I should follow my dreams. I should have fun. You know, I should live this life the way I want and not worry about anyone or anything. I should explore and be curious. Mm -hmm. Well, there's the key, right? Be curious instead of a passion. Yeah. I love that. And what advice would you give um, video game character artist Leanne now that you know what you know? Oh, wow. Um, I would tell her, you know, enjoy this moment because you are learning a lot. But when the red flag goes up, don't feel guilty about leaving. You know, people are going to be happy for you that you're following your dreams and your curiosity. And no one's going to be mad at you. You know, it's not a big deal to leave a job. You know, no one's going to be crying in the corner. <laughs> you know, I built it up to be this big thing, but it's Isn't not, that the you know, truth? people leave jobs every day. So Isn't that the truth? So yeah, old self, you know, just just do it. Just follow that first sign. When you when you feel the first sign, don't let it get to the second and the mm. third sign, you know. And my other favorite question, this doesn't have to be for you to you, but best advice you've ever gotten that still sticks with you? Oh, that's a tough one. I don't know. <laughs> it can be more than one if you have more than one. Um, yeah, the best advice. Um, actually, my mom gave me great advice that I didn't really understand until very recently. She said, set up your life so that it works for you. And she was referring to my son and my Mm -hmm. daughter and my living space. And she said, you know, if you want to be making art, you know, everyone needs to work around you. So if you need a playpen, if you need to block off a section of the living room, you know, like whatever you have to do to make this work for you, make it happen, you know? And I think, a lot of times I'm a people pleaser and I, you know, you have this idea of, you know, the way your house yeah. should look and, and all these things. It's like, yeah, that's nice. But if you're trying to achieve something, if you're reaching for a goal, I, I really took that to heart that, yeah, you have to make your 
working space, your life work for you. Isn't it funny how often we don't because we're trying to put together what somebody else's vision is of how it's supposed to be? Yeah. So that's yeah. fantastic. Exactly. I want to recap some of the really cool things um, over the time that we have talked. First of all, starting with the fact that you had what most would consider a cool job, but would I be happy if I had the best job here and that the answer was no? The second piece would be that um, you need to live your life and be curious as opposed to trying to live your passion because there's so much pressure that comes with living your passion and being curious gives you a little bit more flexibility and option. Some other really great things that you said was to not stay in your lane, to not be satisfied (laughs) with knowing that you feel like you should be happy. If you're not happy, you're not happy. This one is my favorite. I think that you said, enjoy this moment, but don't feel guilty when the red flag goes up. No one's going to be mad at you when you leave. That is such a huge inhibiting feeling for people. And that, that is a real strong one. And I think it's a recurring statement. Every time I ask that question of people, what would you tell old you? It is something in the wheelhouse of, you know, don't hold back, just do it. Don't be afraid of what people will think. I wish I would have done it sooner. The same theme over and over and over and over again. And then my other two things that you said that I thought were great, should have fun, live my life and be curious. And your mom's great advice, set up your life so that it works for you. Whatever that is, make it happen. All really great things. Yeah. Oh, that's All great. All really great yes. things. I really think that uh, people will gain a lot from this. And I really appreciate, too, your uh, openness uh, because that's, I think, another thing for women, especially when we're moms, is that, you know, there's, it, we almost feel guilty saying, yes, I'm a mom and I love being a mom, but there's this other part of me that I need to listen to and feed. And so often we put that aside until the timing is right. right. So I really appreciate your honesty about too, about that too. I think that's really important for people to hear. So if people want to know more about your artwork and buy some of your really cool things, where can they find you? Yeah, so I actually set up a discount code for your listeners. If you use the code SHOULD, you'll get 20% off if you go to epicbones.com. So I've got art prints there and journals, and I'm creating an affirmation deck right now. So you can get on the wait list for that if you want on epicbones.com. And then my Instagram is at epic underscore bones. So I share a lot of my process and the hundred day challenge. I love that. And, all and sorts I, of I urge everybody to, at the very least, go to your Instagram. Um, I know when I was looking around preparing for our interview today, um, twice because we did get postponed, but going back and revisiting your art after I had looked at it the first time, I, I found that I saw different things or different posts spoke to me in different ways in just a month's time. So I really encourage people to go and check out your work. It's wonderful. And I love the simplicity of it because you don't, it's not complicated. You just have to look at it and go, wow, yep, that's exactly it right there. Oh, that's so great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So Leanne, thank you so much for being with us. And I really hope everybody goes and checks out your stuff. And I hope that everybody sets up up their life so that it works for them. Thank you. Thank you. This is 
Take care, Leah.